Find a fresh take on a fall getaway to Wilmington, North Carolina and beaches. Enjoy hiking trails in a state park, fresh seafood with a sight of live music and fall festivals galore. Then live it up along the Riverwalk in Wilmington's historic downtown. With three island beaches, Carolina, Curie and Wrightsville and a vibrant downtown, you get the best of the Carolina coast all in one place. Plan your fall getaway at WilmingtonandBeachesVacation.com. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Hello, hello, and welcome back to Peak Northwest, an outdoors and travel podcast by the Oregonian and Oregon Live, dedicated to the adventure and exploration of our beautiful Pacific Northwest. I'm Jamie Hale. And I'm Vicki Connor. Together, we take you to some of the most beautiful and interesting destinations in our region, discussing where to go, what to do, and places to see. And today, we're talking about one of the Pacific Northwest's favorite delicacies, huckleberries. Now, Jamie, I understand you recently went out to look for some huckleberries. How did that go? Uh, it, uh, well, okay. Well, let's let's start here. Do you remember our recent episode? We were talking about hard hikes. Yes, yes, I do. Right, and one of those hard hikes was a place called Huckleberry Mountain. Mm-hmm. Okay, this is in the Mount Hood National Forest. It's uh, one of the kind of lower tier hard hikes, just like a, a slog, long climb to the top. I, I remember uh, writing about it, talking about it, and that was like a place that was on my list. Like, let's check this out. Right. So I went up there the first week in September, um, hiked up there, and my thought was this: like, look, I'm not like I'm not ever out harvesting huckleberries. Um, that's not really my thing. I'm more of a, have like an opportunistic relationship with them. If I'm hiking and I see some, Hey, that's great news. And I take some and I snack on them, but I was going to a place called Huckleberry mountain and it was like in Huckleberry season. So I thought my my odds are probably pretty good to find some huckleberries here. (laughs) Again, this is a place you, you like are not allowed to harvest it's wilderness. So I was just looking to maybe snack on a few berries, but I thought, wow, this is going to be a really great time. Um, so I, you know, hiking up Huckleberry mountain, doing that long climb up, uh, and I saw a good number of Huckleberry bushes alongside the trail, but each had probably an average of like zero to three (laughs) berries on them. (laughs) Mostly that they're, they're mostly that, that that red variety, which I really like, Mm -hmm. um, but uh, just like the ones I saw were just so small, so little um, that they weren't even really worth picking. And like I would pick like three or four and if, if I could like collect that many and try to eat them all at once because that would be maybe be like one berry. But they're kind of too tart, yeah. not really worth it. And it was just really kind of a bummer. And I, I thought like, what gives? Like, you know, have I been misled? Am I just not understanding like what? huckleberry season is you know because like i i i can't i got back and i talked to a couple of people who know more about this and they said the same thing they said you were too late 
You're simply just too late in the season. Um, but I had also Googled like, what is Huckleberry season in Oregon? And everything said the same thing. It said mid August to mid September. And I thought tail end. Sure. But like, I, I expect to find more than like zero to three berries per bush. This, mm-hmm. this seems outrageous. So this really got me thinking. And I, I felt like I had to get to the bottom of this <laughs> and find out what's going on. Why could I not find any huckleberries on Huckleberry Mountain? So I made some phone calls mm-hmm. and I did some research. And what I found was pretty interesting, actually. Okay. Sounding like a true journalist here, getting to the bottom of things. <laughs> so wh- who are you calling? Where are you starting here? <laughs> I I started with the Mount Hood National Forest. That that's what, that was like my main, I was like, there, there's going to be some Huckleberry nerds out there who know all about this. Yes. So I called like my, my contact over there at the, at the National Forest and she put me in touch with uh, a woman who works over there um, who was exactly my Huckleberry nerd who I wanted to talk to. Perfect. That person was was named Hannah Stivel, who is an administrator for the Mountain National Forest, um, who also has like worked the front desk. She's used to talking to people about like the stuff you can find out there. And she's like a big Huckleberry harvester. Okay. And what she told me is that Huckleberry Mountain, not actually a really good place for Huckleberries, as it turns out. Uh <laughs> The name, she was like, you know, maybe like a hundred years ago when they named it, <laughs> probably, maybe it was good then. Um, but the thing about huckleberries is that they're really actually, they're very fickle. Uh-huh. It's not like you've got like old growth stands of huckleberries that are good for like centuries upon centuries. Mm-hmm. The bushes, because they're like, you know, they're not like trees. They depend on uh, getting a certain amount of light from an interchanging forest. They they grow in different areas at different times for different lengths of time. So a place that was once good for huckleberries is not going to be good for huckleberries all the time. You kind of have to look at the changing forest to see where they are. Right. So what she told me is that huckleberries like to have space. They like to have light. So you need to look for forests that were like uh, burned recently, thinned recently, or places where there's just like openings. Maybe some trees have fallen, opened up some light for huckleberries to grow. In a place like a wilderness area that hasn't been logged for a while, that hasn't seen a lot of fire for a while, like Huckleberry Mountain, maybe you see some bushes, but they're not going to produce very well because you're in that dark environment. Mm. So not only was I a little bit late, as people are saying, but not necessarily a good place to get Huckleberries to begin with. I'm assuming you're going to petition for this mountain to be renamed so it doesn't trick <laughs> anyone else. They don't have your experience. Man, if, if I if I didn't know how how slow the, the bureaucratic mechanisms for renaming <laughs> places was, I would. But I know that's that's not gonna happen. It's oh, it's gonna take a hundred years to make it happen. By then, who knows? Maybe it'll be a good place for huckleberries again. <laughs> you just don't know. So, Jamie, I'm curious, you know. As with all the global warming happening, is that something that affects huckleberry growth as well? Well, that that's what I was thinking too, because you know she said this isn't a great spot for huckleberries to begin with, but I was seeing bushes and there were berries on them. And I, I've had this experience at places where I, I'm used to getting huckleberries in the past, where like some years are better than others. So I thought, okay, but this doesn't really answer my my question of the mystery of 
I thought this was Huckleberry season. Mm -hmm. What's everyone telling me it's too late? You know, mid-September. It's not mid-September. Yeah. It's getting there, but it's not. So what's going on here? Is there something at play? And what Hannah told me is that, yeah, I mean, there is definitely uh, climate plays into Huckleberries big time. So in a year like this year, we saw um, some like early, you know, heat waves. It kind of had that like late, that like long spring and then it got really hot um, and it got like really wet. Um, but you have, when you have these like really hot summers, it kind of forces the huckleberries to come out sooner. And because we've been having a lot of these in recent years, because climate change is just sort of making more hotter summers, uh, huckleberry season has basically shifted up a little bit. Mm. So where maybe it's traditionally been mid-August, mid-September, now it's basically just like August and sometimes even into July when it gets really hot. So another piece of the mystery here if you're looking for huckleberries traditionally typically in like the first part of september you may be too late now that could have been true t even 10 years ago maybe 20 30 years ago but at this point now you want to basically just look in july and that's what hannah said she said when she goes to harvest she considers august to be her time and sometimes even into, into july to harvest her huckleberries so it, it it's it's just different now right right so upon moving to Oregon, one of the first assignments that I had for Peak Northwest was going on a backpacking trip, kind of specifically looking for huckleberries. Mm -hmm. And uh, this was, I was just looking back at this episode, it was at the end of August and we actually got lucky. We're, we're in Gifford Pinchot National Forest and um, we got lucky in finding them, but it did seem like there were some that were kind of, you know, had been on the had been on the bush for a while, kind of like <laughs> tail end. So that was definitely an indicator that for that year, that was 2021, that uh, we were kind of getting to late in the season for them. Yeah, it, it's I mean, everything's kind of changing with these the plants in this changing climate are are changing. And that's something else. I, you know, the Mountain National Forest pointed me to some recent research about huckleberries and climate change that showed that uh, there's the researchers are, are estimating that over the next century or so, huckleberries are going to start climbing to higher elevations to try to escape some of this hotter weather. So that is kind of crunching up their av available habitat, making it smaller and smaller, uh, making people and animals who rely on huckleberries climb to higher elevations to get them. So not only does that make it harder to find huckleberries, but it also puts potentially humans and animals into direct conflict over those huckleberries. Right. Like we love them. We love eating huckleberries, make huckleberry pie or whatever you do with them. Um, but bears like them, birds like them, a lot of animals like them as well. Um, you don't want to have to start, you know, arm wrestling a black bear for huckleberries <laughs> once you get to the patch, right? <laughs> Totally, totally. And that that tracks with my experience on that backpacking trip. We set out thinking like, all right, we don't really know if we're going to find any, but we're going to try. And uh, I would say 75% of that hike, we are keeping our eyes completely peeled and just coming up with coming up short, not finding anything. And it wasn't up until we got to like the highest point in our in our hike that they started popping up. So that Makes sense in my uh, experience with it. In that area you were in, in the Gifford Pinchot National Forest, as I understand, that is like the primo spot for huckleberries here. So in like my huckleberry research, I 
called up the Huckleberry Inn on Mount Hood. They're in government camp. Uh-huh. Um, known for like their, it's like a, a great like kind of diner. You can get your Huckleberry milkshakes, get your Huckleberry pie. With a name like Huckleberry Inn, you just have, they have to like have them. Yeah, yeah. Um, they don't get their Huckleberries from Mount Hood because there's not that many productive bushes for like that large an operation. So they, I talked to them, they said they get most of theirs from uh, across the river in like Mount Adams area, Mm -hmm. in the Gifford Pinchot, in Washington, um, on that side of the river, there is apparently that is like the spot for huckleberries for ecological reasons or whatever. I'm not sure exactly what's happened over there to make that, but everyone who I'm hearing like does big time huckleberry harvesting, that's where they go. I was so curious about that. These places that like sell huckleberry products in bulk, like where, where are they sourcing these berries from? Because like, although we saw um, we saw a good amount on our hike, it's like, but for a large production, where where are these berries coming from? I have heard that some people, if they can't source them locally, like they can't get them out of Washington or any other areas, that they will get them from Idaho, who where you can also get lots of huckleberries. So. And Idaho is like, that is like huckleberry capital. I mean, if we think like we like huckleberries here in Oregon and Washington, go out to Idaho, go out to Wyoming, Montana. Those people are obsessed with huckleberries. <laughs> it's crazy. It really is. I mean, I you, you can't go anywhere in Idaho without seeing huckleberry everything all the time. Uh, so, I mean, you can get them from there as well. But, I, you know, I just find it so interesting that like, you've got a place called Huckleberry Inn on Mount Hood and you're not even get your, getting your huckleberries there. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but you know, all these huckleberry name places don't necessarily guarantee you any kind of local huckleberries. Exactly. Um, rewinding just a little bit. If, if someone hasn't seen a huckleberry bush and they might be like, what are you even talking about right now? How do you identify <laughs> or how would you describe what a huckleberry bush looks like? So the variety I was seeing the most of um, was the the red berries, and those are a bit more difficult to tell apart. Well, so let's back up. The the regular kind of blue or purple colored huckleberries, very easy to see. There's not a lot in the forest that look like them. They look like little blueberries. Don't confuse them for Oregon grape. That's like the one thing that you'll see that is like also a blue berry. Um, But Oregon grape looks very different. It's close to the ground, very sharp, spiny leaves. And the berries, if you put them in your mouth, you'll immediately know it's not a huckleberry. So bitter, you have to like spit it out. It's not going to kill you, um, but just they're not enjoyable to eat. But a huckleberry, you put it in your mouth and it's sweet, it's tart, it's delicious. It's like a little blueberry. Um, So good. I mean, you'll know it as soon as you eat it. Mm -hmm. Um, The red berries, a little bit harder because there are all kinds of red berries out in the woods. I don't know them all. My rule of thumb is if I don't know it, I don't eat it. That's all there is. There's a lot of stuff that's edible, very few stuff that's going to kill you. Um, but when you're identifying a red huckleberry bush, um, you're basically looking for this um, sort of sprightly, uh, maybe waist or chest high bushes. Um, they're kind of like spindly, kind of small, uh, but they have these really sort of cute, round, almost circular leaves mm. um, with smooth edges. There's a lot of berries um, that grow that look similar that have serrated leaves. You don't want those. Um, I did accidentally eat one of those and spit it out immediately <laughs> because it tasted so oh, bad. No. Um, you can tell. That's kind of the nice thing about berries is like a lot of the ones that, that you 
might eat by accident. And you can tell immediately that they're not huckleberries. Um, so just look for those kind of like taller, spri sprightly bushes. The berries themselves are pretty small, almost kind of like a translucent or very bright colored red um, growing in the underside of the leaves. And um, they're very cute little berries. Uh, so maybe good advice for next year. Obviously, this is not the time to be harvesting them or looking for them because we are not only out of huckleberry <laughs> season traditionally, we're out of huckleberry season like at all now. Um, so next year, maybe, you know, I'm thinking like if I'm going to look for them again, as soon as we hit August, I'm like, okay, where are my huckleberry hikes? Where am I going to go where I can get a snack alongside the trail? Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I think I think that's the move right now is just August 1st that's when you go look for them. Did any of the people you spoke with uh, give any other recommendations on places to go, areas to look out for? Yeah, well, so uh, because huckleberries like these cleared out areas, um, when I talked to Hannah, she's like, look for areas that were burned by fire like a decade ago. It usually takes like a decade or so, sometimes faster, but usually about a decade for huckleberry bushes to sort of really root in and become productive. So um, she mentioned the dollar fire area on the Mount Hood mm -hmm. as a spot that's that's pretty good product, productivity wise. Um, and she said there's, you know, a, a lot of fires that are around this area right now in like the Mount Hood National Forest that in like 10 years, these will be great huckleberry spots. Um, so, I, I mean, you just kind of want to look to where you see these kinds of fires or, you know, logging activity happening and then give it some time or you just go back in time and look to see what happened back in, you know, 2022, 2023 mm -hmm. and head up there. Not every area where there's been a fire obviously is like huckleberry habitat. But when you're talking about like this area on either side of the Columbia River, um, this is great. Uh, I mean, huckleberries are in a lot of different places, too. But you want to look for those areas where they have water, they have light, um, and they have space to grow. As soon as you get a bunch of trees crowding them out, they're not happy anymore. As I learned on Huckleberry Mountain, uh, very forested, a lot of canopy, no room for those guys to breathe. Yeah, got it. So you didn't find many huckleberries on Huckleberry Mountain, but did you still do the whole hike? Oh, yeah. It, it was a great hike. I really liked the hike. I got to say, I mean, the huckleberries were originally just a bonus. I didn't think about it until I got there. Um, and I was like, oh, yeah, maybe I'll find huckleberries. And that, that became like my obsession while I was hiking. Mm -hmm. But um, the hike itself was great. It is it is a hard hike. Um, I definitely felt it. I was icing my knees after, oh. um, you know, in part because I have not done a, a, that much hiking this summer. Um, I just was really feeling it, but it's, you know, basically five and a half, six miles each way. Um, you're just going straight up. Yeah. It's just continually climbing. It's not that steep, but you're just continuously climbing up and up and up and up and up and up and up. So by the end, it was just like exhausting. Um, I was never like, oh man, this, this particular hill is so hard, but I was like, am I still walking? Am I still going up? Like it's gotta, it's gotta even out at some point. And it just did <laughs> until the end. Um, but there are a couple, there's two spots, uh, on the trail where there's viewpoints. You can pop out and get a really nice look at mountain hood. One's I think about two miles in or so, um, just kind of right off the, there's a cliff right off the side of the trail and you can get a really great view of the mountain. Mm -hmm. And for folks who don't want to climb the whole thing, that's a great spot to stop and turn around and go back. Yeah. But 
the trail ends kind of near the top of Huckleberry Mountain, and there's this big wide open area where you can see Mount Hood, a lot of area to sort of, you know, warm up in the sun if you've been chilly in the forest or sit down, have lunch. Really, really great view. Um, so I, I found it, it's, it's a really good conditioning hike if you want to, you know, continue to strengthen your legs uh, without doing anything too dangerous. And a really great spot if you want to get some good looks at Mount Hood. Um, not a good spot for huckleberries, but that's okay. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you don't, you don't, you don't need huckleberries, you know, I think to have a good time. I don't need huckleberries to have a good time. Um, it's always when you get them. Someone needs to add this note into, you know, whatever Oregon hikers guide for this trail or, <laughs> or all trails should be in bold text. Huckleberries will not be found here. Unless the forest birds down or something, I guess. And in which case, you know, that's your silver lining for that forest fire. Um, huckleberries <laughs> will be coming. Maybe next year uh, you will have an opportunity to go elsewhere and uh, have an abundance. Yet we should note, uh, you do have to get a permit if you are seeking to like really harvest a ton, not a ton, but like a good amount of huckleberries. Yeah. If you, if you do want to go out to like harvest, harvest, you do need a permit. Like you said, Vicki, you, you, there are limits on how much you can take. Um, there are areas where you can and cannot do it. So no wilderness yeah. areas, um, obviously no private land, stuff like that. So, um, if next year you're wanting to really make a whole bunch of huckleberry pies, um, get your permit, go out there at the right time of year in the right place and have at it. I'm thankful to have these on the trail when uh, it is the right time because it just makes it makes a hike just that much nicer and sweeter and it's kind of just a nice surprise. But clearly, yeah, just not on Huckleberry Mountain. Not on Huckleberry Mountain. <laughs> that's right. Well, folks, that'll do it for today. Until next time, you can watch our videos on the Oregonians YouTube channel and view all of our travel and outdoors coverage on OregonLive.com/travel as well as HereIsOregon.com. Please leave us a rating or review if you enjoy the show. And if you want to support this podcast as well as our local journalism, please consider a subscription to Oregon Live. You can find details at OregonLive.com slash pod support. Also, if you're a fan of the show and you are interested in potentially sponsoring it, you can get in touch with our marketing people at advertise at Oregonian.com. This episode of the show was produced by me, Vicki Connor, alongside Jamie Hale. Stay safe and happy travels, everyone. Until next time, we leave you with this 10 seconds of Zen.